Hey everyone, welcome back to Jay Kim's Topic and today's episode was pretty controversial upon release. Actually, it was quite controversial two weeks before its release last year and uh, today we're going to talk about the Last of Us series. The first one being a masterpiece and the second, second one being the controversial one. And this episode will be split into two parts. Part one being Last of Us 1 and part two being Last of Us 2. But throughout part one and part two, I do want to shift the conversation a little bit. I will talk about the games itself, the plots, and well, the story, essentially, in the summary. But I'll be focusing on people's reaction and connection to these stories and how this le- leads to the outrage. A lot of these games, I will talk about the games and why it means so much and why people resonate with this game so much. But I'll at, towards the end, I'll focus more on the reaction people had towards the second game because it was a lot of outrage and a lot of uh, a lot of upset fans who expected a particular uh, i guess a particular outcome a, a different direction different style or a different writing i suppose uh, a lot of people didn't like the writing a lot of people didn't like the story they didn't like some of the characters and the way they've expressed that i thought was kind of troubling at times uh but we'll get to that point but for now uh I just want to talk about the story. <laughs> so today's episode of Jay Kim's Topic with your host. The first game came out in 2013. And the game came out at a time uh, when the PS3 was coming to an end. This was this was the end of the PlayStation 3 era. And usually what... You know, usually when that happens, the, the game would... You know, the console would fade out and people forget and just buy the new one and move on. But... What made the PS3 a little, you know, quite special was it came out with this game, with Last of Us. And no one had, there was no expectations, no one expected this game to come out. It sort of came out of nowhere, to be honest. They just announced that there's this really cool looking zombie game coming out towards the end of the year. And like in October, I think it came out. And everyone was excited. It was like, all right, cool, a zombie game. I mean, there wasn't really expectations. It looked good. The t- trailer looked good. The graphics looked great. Until we played the game, and then everyone lost their minds. This game was so good. The first game, just the the graphics at the time for an aging console, an aging hardware, it was amazing. It was like they they remade the game for PS4, and I've played both games, and it looks the same. It looks all practically the same. That's how good they made this game for the PS3. On the PS4, the only difference is that the resolution is better. Uh, the particle effect looks better. The lighting looks slightly better, but it it still looked it's almost the same as PS3. That's it, that's very impressive, and it says a lot about how Naughty Dog, the people who made Last of Us, uh, their understanding of PlayStation or their understanding of Sony technology, I guess, because they only make Sony games or only make PlayStation games. Rather, I'm getting ahead of myself. So that's a context of I'm not even getting ahead of myself. I'm just getting excited just revisiting that time so this is when this game came out everyone was excited it was like not you know people had zero expectations we didn't see any of this coming but above all it's a story the story is people i remember even at 2013 or 2014 people were complaining that there weren't enough original hollywood films i remember everyone was complaining that everything is becoming a book adaptation a remake or um or that's it, or superhero film, and that's it. It's just a readaptation of already made stuff, uh, nothing unique. And The Last of Us comes out, and in 
it made me immediately realize like why can't we have movies like this it, it the, the script is so good they tackle so many difficult themes of mourning redemption uh love survival forgiveness self-forgiveness and and also teaches you about family you know family dynamic the love between a parent and a child you know and that's in this game nails on our head these are very deep complicated you know emotions and emotional themes that we don't it takes us an entire lifetime to truly comprehend all these things it's and this video game gives us a taste of that and it's it, it's done so fantastically uh is it scary yeah of course it has its scary moments it is a zombie game is there jump scares yeah i mean a few um so the game focuses on the main character of Joel. Joel is this um, uh, is Hugh Jackman and Logan. If you've seen the movie Logan, uh, Wolverine and Logan is essentially what Joel looks like. I remember when the trailer of well, Logan came out, all the Last of Us, all the video game community was saying, "This is already a this looks like the Last of Us trailer. That Logan trailer looks like the Last of Us trailer." A lot, you know, older man with a young girl and all that. Anyway, so you focus on Joel, and the game starts out when the zombie apocalypse sort of happens. It hits the city. I think they're in Austin, Texas, if I remember correctly. And what ends up happening is the you know the zombie outbreak happens. You know, shit hits the fan. There's a there's a panic and there's evacuation. During the evacuation, Joel and his brother Tommy uh, try to escape with uh, Joel's daughter. Sarah, a 12-year-old girl, and during the escape and tr during the, you know, the chaos that ensues, the, they get stopped by these soldiers as they were trying to get, as they were escaping, these zombies are chasing him, and the soldier was given the orders to, you know, kill uh, Joel and his daughter. Tommy had disappeared. He was fighting off the zombies, so he sort of disappeared at this point, so it was just Joel and his daughter, and the soldier was given orders to eliminate both of them for the risk of, you know, them being infected. So the soldier shoots them, and Joel tries to protect his daughter, but one of those bullets hits his daughter, and his daughter dies. And then at that point, Tommy sneaks up behind the soldier and kills him behind him with a gun, because, you know, they're in Texas, everyone has a gun. Joel and Joel's uh, daughter dies, and that's when the game starts. So that already, it's the game's introduced to you in an incredibly apocalyptic setting. You don't, you don't, you don't remember good times the good times are almost brief oh the only times you see it is when you you know go through joel's house as playing sarah for like two minutes you know but but that's the point is in a time of stress and you know high stress and, and survival the thinking about the good times doesn't serve you any good you just got to keep going moving forward and that's the pace of the game is survival you keep going 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 so long story short 20 years later, you find Joel living in Boston, and he's now a smuggler. And they, the entire United States are now relegated to regional operations within different cities. So there's like Boston, Pittsburgh, LA, whatever. Every major city has like their own military protection. They built walls around the city to keep the zombies out. But the problem now is that the it's become a military state. So everything has fallen under martial law. Everything is run by the military. The government, the United States government, essentially is dissolved it basically doesn't exist anymore so a lot of cities in the game a lot of these uh, militaries are leaving so anyway so do you see the impending chaos if not from the zombies but from the people the game again sets that is trying to set the context the social context the environmental context and everything you know that nothing you can't really trust anything but yourself 
So when you when your character is trusting others in this context, it's a very big deal. What they're trying to tell you is, I trust this person because that guy, you know, my survival depends on it. Essentially, that's it's become that now. These kind of societies. So as a smuggler, his job is to obviously smuggle things in and out of the city, and he was given this one job by this insurgents group called the Fireflies. Marlene, the leader of the Fireflies, asks Joel and Joel's girlfriend Tess to smuggle a highly valuable transport or package to, you know, out of the city. Smuggle them out to try to get them to Salt Lake City across the country, essentially from Boston to Salt Lake City, and the package is. A girl, a girl named Ellie, and what makes this package special that、uh, Tess and Joel later learn is she is immune to the zombie disease. The zombie disease—I should have said this at the beginning—but the zombie disease is based on a very real thing that happens in nature. So there's this cordyceps mushroom, right?、Uh, this cordyceps mushrooms—it it takes over a host body. So in today's time, in the real world. This cordyceps mushroom will take host and control of an insect in the Amazon, of a small insect, and it will control its mind. Pretty much, this fungi or fungi, whatever it's called,、uh, this cordyceps is controlling this ant's brain. And what it does, it, it leads it up to the top of a branch or somewhere in an exposed area, where the ant will die. But out of the ant's body, a mushroom will grow out, and that mushroom will later. Let out its spores to go infect other insects. This is how it keeps it alive. In a grand scheme of things, this mushroom is keeping the,、uh, the insect population at a controllable level. That's kind of what it's doing. But in this game, it is now doing that exact thing to humans. So it is incredibly horrifying and disturbing and scary, but so much fun. And and Ellie has been infected for two weeks yet showed no progressive symptoms. So she gets cut and she has like these weird bubbly marks on her forearm, but that's it. And you know she stays the same, no fever, no nothing. So she has potential immunity. And the whole game is basically you as Joel、uh, because his girlfriend Tess dies, by the way. Oh yeah, spoiler. So Tess dies, and so the whole game is just Joel and Ellie goes across this country and you build a bond. With this girl Ellie, but the thing is, is that it's not some boring mission. You bring, you know, bring person X to location B. It's it's you get into you get invested into the relationship between Joel and Ellie because Joel, remember, he lost his daughter when she was twelve. Ellie's fourteen, so he she's about a similar age, and and he gets he's cold with her because he doesn't want to develop the relationship because he doesn't want to lose another daughter. And that entire game is about this. Very hard man dealing with a lot of trauma, trying to let go and be kind to a teenage girl who doesn't know any better. That's struggling to understand her place in a world and struggling to understand that why she isn't dead and not a zombie. And you see these characters, you know, you know, grow together, and it, you know it's a beautiful thing, and that's why people love the game because we associate with both characters. We're empathetic. And sympathetic to both, we want to see Joel a happy man. We want to see Ellie grow up like a regular teenager. But the truth is, they don't live in that world. So we just want to see them have some sliver of, of happiness, of normality in their lives. And that's why you get so invested with these characters in these games. So when you're playing Joel in these games, you're fighting the shit out of every level because you want that to happen. You want to see the end. You want to see these two happy. So long story short, they get to Salt Lake City, and. When they get there, Joel finally understands that the surgery to create a vaccine that will, you know, give immunity and save the planet. They believe that Ellie has it because she's immune. 
But Joel learns that this operation will will kill her because the mushroom is embedded in the brain. So to remove the cordyceps fungi or fungi, to remove that out of the brain, it will kill the host, meaning the you know Ellie. So Joel has the game doesn't actually give you a choice, but if you were to if you're in Joel's shoes, he has two choices: either just go back to Jackson, Colorado, where he found his brother after 20, like over a decade later, his brother had been living in a small community in, in Colorado in the mountains, and they seemed peaceful, happy, utopianish, and so you can go back to that, a stable life, or kill everyone in the hospital, kill the entire leadership of this very legitimate national insurgency group, just to save this one girl. And naturally, the game doesn't give you the option, and you fight your way through the hospital. But at this point in the game, you've accumulated so many weapons, you've upgraded all of your weapons, you've learned so much that you are almost like god level. When you get to this level, a lot of fun. This was my favorite mission. And so you kill a million people in this hospital. <laughs> and you get to the operation room, you, you kill the two doctors, you save Ellie, you get out, and then you kill Marlene, the leader of the Fireflies, and she's trying to tell you, hey, you're making a mistake, we can forgive you, blah, blah. He's like, no, that's not how this works. You'll find me, you'll kill me, and then you'll eventually kill her to do the operation. So uh, you're going to die, Marlene. So that was pretty much Joel's motivation. And he kills Marlene. And they finally get back to Jackson. They finally get back to that beautiful compound they found earlier in the game. And Ellie is kind of confused, and she's sort of understanding that Joel did something bad because she wakes up in the car rides as they're escaping the hospital Joel steals a car and she wakes up from I guess from the medicine or whatever and she asked him it's like hey what happened he was like oh they it turns out they found out they have a bunch of other kids just like you they don't need you so they let you go she was like are you sure because throughout the entire game she sort of struggled the idea that her entire life now means that she is the medicine that will save the world you're a 14-year-old girl. That's that's a very big thing to process and understand. And she wakes up in the car and going away from the hospital. That must be a very jarring experience. If you dig deeper into it, Ellie feels like her only sense of agency, the one thing that she could contribute, to, not just to her life, but to the entire universe, is that she herself is the medicine. She's accepted the fact that she might die because she accepted the fact that this is what her life means. And Joel removed that possibility. So Ellie's sitting there in the car and it's entire ride back to Colorado feeling like, ugh, like, you know, something went wrong. Something's not right. So she finally confronts Joel uh, before they get back into Jackson, into the, into the town. And she was like, promise, you know, promise to me that you didn't lie. You didn't lie, blah, blah, blah. And Joel was like, I promise you I didn't lie. And she was like, okay then. And then that's where the game ends. It cuts to black. Like like the Sopranos, like the last episode of Sopranos. <laughs> and the entire gaming community at that moment just, you know, threw their hands in the air and said, what a masterpiece. This game is an absolute masterpiece. Graphics, gameplay, storytelling, everything. It's just, it's just amazing. If there's any downfall to Last of Us 1, I... I, I, I don't know. I, I can't really think of any. Uh, but yeah, I mean... It's, it's a beautiful game. It, uh, what else could I say? Uh, you see the energy that I have, the excitement I have 
when you bring this energy into a second game, especially seven, well, seven, six years after the first game, so you had people waiting half, like for five years for the for the sequel, and they have this energy, anticipation, and this incredible love for the characters and the game and this world, that when the second one comes out, you better hit hard, and so the bar is kind of high. And the more I think about the first game, sometimes I wonder if people missed some of the themes that the first game dealt with that it was obviously going to be found in the second game. For example, in the first game, and I'll remind you of this theme once we talk about the second game, but in the first game, they talk about they talk about moral ambiguity. In the context of survival, good or bad is, is, is relevant. You know, it's almost irrelevant yet relevant because everyone's trying to survive. The means to obtain survival, whether that is good or evil, I mean, that's up for debate. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to survive, right? But despite the game having a really good ending, it was still highly controversial. Not a lot of people liked that kind of ending. They wanted a, they wanted something conclusive. They didn't want anything open-ended. They wanted something, you know, sort of black and white. And I think that's where the discomfort might lie in the second game is that the people who enjoyed the gray areas really did enjoy the game. Granted, I'm just I'm also generalizing by the way, because there's a lot of people who didn't like the game for other reasons, a legitimate reasons. And there's people who hated the game because they loved the first game so much that they pretty much just wanted more of the first game in the second game. I'm assuming that people who make these video games, they're they're, they're art the artists. They think in an artistic way. So for them, they don't want to just rehash an old model they of course want to you know travel different avenues and do different things and this game does that so last of us 2 it came out last year and i played it when it came out and i gotta say i love hate this game i have a love-hate relationship and i'll get to my opinion later on but the themes they cover i found fantastic i thought the execution was um not what i expected I mean, like, the gameplay I thought was fun. It felt like Uncharted. It really played like Uncharted. And as a fan of the Uncharted series, that didn't bother me. The stealth was fun. Just, you know, the new things they added, I thought was, you know, I thought it was fun. I wasn't, I'm not being picky because I'm in it really for the story. I just wish that they didn't force things. I felt like certain things were forced upon us. And I'll get to that in a second. So the story of The Last of Us 2, briefly, is you follow Ellie. And, oh, by the way, whoever hasn't played the game, this is a spoiler. This is a warning. If you haven't played the second game, which it's been a year, just play the game. It's a spoiler. Anyway, so the game very early on has Joel killed in the first two hours of the game. Joel's just dead. Boom. Gone. Bye. Uh, He's killed by a girl named Abby. And you play Abby before you kill Joel. The death of Joel happens as a cutscene. But you play as Abby. But... That's where the intrigue yet confusion happens because I want to play as Ellie, but you play as Abby and you keep going back and forth between Ellie and Abby, Ellie and Abby. But the whole game is you tracking down Abby as you play Ellie. Oh, these Ellie's and Abby's, all these names. So you essentially the game is you play as Ellie trying to kill Abby because that person killed Joel, your father figure like. And the whole game really just hits on this emotional tension of forgiveness ellie had a hard time forgiving joel for the events of the last game how the last game ended she's like i don't really trust you had this is all a lie you know all these things right and she hasn't really forgiven him 
And she's also seen Joel be killed in front of her eyes. So she has all this trauma, all this pain, and she has all this revenge. So she goes out to Seattle, and they find they somehow find out that she's in Seattle. But then you start wondering, it's like, but why did Abby kill Joel? And throughout the game, you're wondering, well, Joel has done a lot of sketchy things and pissed off a lot of sketchy people in the past. So, you know, maybe one of them has finally caught up and sought out their revenge. But no, it turns out that Abby... It was a former firefly well her father was well actually her father was the doctor that joel kills in the hospital when he rescues ellie the f- second game opens with that scene and so that's abby's motivation abby's motivation is to seek out the person who's killed her father and ellie's motivation is to seek out the person who's killed her metaphorical father or quite literally her father as much as i care and it's that's the entire game. You just go, you meet all these you meet a creepy cult that's about this woman prophet and I took time to examine this cult and they're just like, you know, it's a uh, typical cult stuff, I suppose. You see these kind of cults in every other video game and every other in the real world you see them, so it's nothing unique. But they live a primitive life. They don't use technology, they use bows and arrows and stuff. Environmentally friendly though, they seem. Strict gender rules. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh so in the game, you you look for Abby, but then Abby picks up this young girl who is a trans person, and she's trying to now protect her, and now Abby helps her escape this apocalyptic cult uh, community she lives in. And so they kind of develop a Last of Us, a typical Last of Us relationship that we've fallen in love with in uh, Last of Us 1 between Joel and Ellie. But in this game, it doesn't hit because you don't care about Abby. And... That's where the problem lies, is that the game is teaching us about empathy, and I do empathize with Abby, and I think they did a great job of making us really understand Abby, but the problem is that the gamers, the people who play Last of Us didn't want that. They wanted, they just wanted Ellie killing zombies and surviving and being a badass, right? But this game doesn't give you that. This game gives you very difficult scenes and very sad uh situations you know the game is very sad and some people say it's too sad this is like sad porn if you will you know it's like it's sad for the sake of being sad and there's a lot of people who just did not like that whatsoever and that i think that's fine i think that's founded you know that's the that's a matter of perspective and taste and that's totally founded and some people say like in terms of mental health like we should not entertain this video game but i disagree i think some people really do need to see this or experience this to understand that you can't be an asshole to other people all the time. They're humans too, you know? They've, they have their own lives. They have their own motivations. You might see them as just being rude or mean, but... And sometimes they are. And sometimes those people don't realize to get what you want, you can't speak to people like that. But, but this game does hit home on empathy. You can't assume everyone's an asshole. And especially in this, day, in this age of social media... I thought this video game was important to demonstrate, I guess, a, a level of that. However, this video game is not about social media. It's is it a social commentary on how we are emotionally as a society? I I I can't really see that. I don't think so. But it is a game that is exploring a very particular theme that is difficult to deal with, which is that of empathy, especially empathy towards you know the perceived enemy. Throughout the game, I did not want to play Abby. I, I didn't care. I, I wanted to play Ellie. That's why I bought the game. But the more I played Abby, the more I saw from her perspective, I realized that, okay, she has every reason to hate Ellie and her team 
because they've been killing her friends and her people since day one as well. So the game is talking about how does revenge, how do you break revenge? How do you break that cycle of revenge? Uh, in the end of the game, they're fighting on a beach. Ellie has Abby pinned down underwater and she's about to drown her. But in that moment, Ellie is quickly reminded of Joel, Joel playing guitar. But that specific scene of Joel playing guitar is the moment where they finally had an open conversation and and Ellie finally begun to forgive Joel. That was the first step. And in that moment when she's trying to kill someone, she is brought back to that moment and that emotional feeling of forgiveness and that and that packaged yeah, that packaged emotional moment of that scene comes back to her and she feels, you know, conflicted i suppose and obviously doesn't kill El- doesn't kill abby abby goes away ellie lets her go and some people were so upset saying you had to kill abby you had to kill abby you should have killed her you know someone you know blah 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 when ellie didn't kill abby i was not mad at that yeah i, I totally got it i empathize i'm like no i get it i think that was the that was the big road you were supposed to take the big road that was demonstrating uh that was a demonstration of taking the right moral choice but then the problem is that when she gets back home, she's not rewarded for that choice. She goes back home. Her girlfriend's left her. Oh, yeah, she her girlfriend has a daughter. So she has no family when she gets home. Joel is dead. Uh, kind of a town reject. Like, anyway, she's alone. She goes back home to nothing, to an abandoned home. She lost her finger, so she can't even play guitar properly. It's such a sad ending. And, like, I would agree saying that that was a little too much. It's like, okay, you now you just took our head and shoved it into the mud. But... But that's also kind of a reality. That does happen to people. So I see so many tensions between the audience and the creators of this game. And it's either the fans had a higher or specific expectation for the game. Or the video game makers, the creators, misread the audience. I I don't know. Um, But what I do see is that both these separations kind of were thinking within themselves and not thinking about each other when making this game and that's perhaps why this game was so controversial that's perhaps why not a lot of people liked it because you know naughty dogs working they work this game in secrecy that's just how they do so of course they're not gonna consider the audience uh expectations or or the demands because you know why would they this is the game this is their baby they do what they want and i'm going into it in a full understanding that sometimes i want to do people understand that you don't make movies you don't make video games you buy them you enjoy them you experience them so you shouldn't tell video game producers and makers how to make these games you know i always find that crazy when people said it yes it's okay to give criticism say that i think that using this uh shooting mechanic doesn't work or i think that the color palette they've used for this game didn't hit as hard that's fine it's it's a it's complicated in my mind it seems quite complicated others probably have a of far more definitely have a straightforward opinion and a clear opinion this game leaves me conflicted because it's i did see really good stuff in it and i did really i saw really bad stuff in it you know i did not want to play abby at all uh it pained me to fight ellie as abby i did not want to do that whatsoever because i developed such a strong relationship with ellie but I didn't mind playing Abby in the moments where I got to see a bit of her world. But I didn't want to. I didn't want the half the game to be that. I I wanted at least a third of the game to be Abby and then play more Veli because, you know, that's what we bought the game for. Anyway, it's complicated. I just I don't know how you could fix this, this game. 
which really leads me to believe that this game might might do well in the future. It might come back as a sort of like a cult classic. I have a feeling that there will be an online, a dedicated online fan base to Last of Us Two that's gonna keep it alive, keep it in discourse, I suppose, and then eventually some gamer of the future in the future will come across this game hype it up play it and say this is a slept on game that no one really appreciated and it'll become popular again i think it might be very much <laughs> last of us 2 could be the scarface or the or the wire equivalent of video games where it was a video game that was seen as too dark too sad for its time but was later enjoyed by an audience in the future you know scarface when it first came out was not popular did it did very poorly al pacino said it was his worst film he's ever done in terms of sales but it's enjoyed such mainstream success because of the hip-hop community loved it so much it kept it alive and now it's considered one of the best gangster movies ever not even not even ironically like unironically considered legitimately a very good movie same with the wire when the wire first came out in the early 2000s, no one watched it. It was considered too dark, too depressing. It was like after 9-11, so people wanted to be happy. If you look at the pop songs in the early 2000s, it's so optimistic, so happy, so wow. But then you have the wire saying, no, people are selling drugs and shit is really bad on the streets, you know? And I think this game is in that category. I hope I'm right because I, I do believe in this game. I'm someone optimist. I do believe that this game deserves a little better. But that being said, to give you an idea of how how much people didn't like this game, it went to death threats, you know? Uh, Neil Druckmann, the guy who wrote the game, who produced the game, had to, I think, get off social media for a while because of all the death threats he was getting. And I'm thinking, guys, it's just a fucking video game. Like, relax. You know, it, it's like, why? What? <laughs> you know, and... and I say this, and a lot of people look at me as like, oh, like as if I'm naive, saying, oh, you know, Jason, like, it's that's the real world a lot of sad people out there you should know this and i'm like yeah i know this it still doesn't change the fact that it surprises me all the time you know i'm just how i am i'm and people never cease to surprise me and you know that's that's the truth that's i you know that's how i see people and for people to have this reaction even i remembered on youtube girlfriend reviews one of the funniest youtube channels out there it's basically a girlfriend of a gamer and she reviews all the games he plays as his girlfriend that's essentially the the video the videos on youtube it's so funny and it's honest and she gives her reviews i actually go to their reviews to see if i should consider playing the game or not when they did last of us 2 she showed all the comments of people saying you're so stupid they'll die blah 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 all the abuse and i thought oh my god like guys like come on little you know relax and i went on a reddit page of people were really upset a lot of funny memes but there was like such an passionate outrage that i that I was surprised in both a good and a bad way. In a good way to show how much people generally love this game. In a bad way because you, they don't know how to talk. You can't speak You can't speak to people like this. I get it. You want to vent out and that's fine. On Reddit, I get it. You're in a community where they might allow you just to vent and express yourself. That's cool. But when you're speaking to people directly through social media, you can't speak to people like that, man. But anyway, it is what it is. But it's just, it's too bad. And then there's one last tension I want to bring up and it's... The people who are saying this video game is a little too sad and other people who actually enjoy those themes. And it kind of got me thinking about, you know, art imitating life or life imitating art. All that sort of liberal arts conversations you hear at like Parc La Fontaine and just people drinking wine and 
baguette simbing and <laughs> that that's kind of what i did at university but anyway and you start wondering and I, and I started wondering about this game and it's maybe that is part of that conversation it's a lot of people turn to video games as escape they, i don't want to see the real world i want to be a god in this world i want to you know escape and just be crazy out there perhaps last of us although it is in a fantastical post-apocalyptic zombie world the way it hits the themes of humanity and emotions, it is too real. It is so real. And it does a perfect balance of reminding you that it is a zombie game and it is a science fiction world. But it doesn't mean we can't tackle these very real emotional themes that happen in everyday life. And I thought this game does it. And some people don't want to see that. We want to escape, you know. And that's also totally fair. And there's some people who want to see a little bit of reality and art and well for whatever reason and i guess it really comes down to why do you turn to video games for do you want to escape or do you want to experience what the creators want you to feel or interact with so the last of us series really does refresh that conversation in my mind about video games being art and art imitating life or life imitating art are there mistakes or certain things i disagree with in the decisions made in terms of writing or video game experience overall sure yeah i thought the back and forth between ellie and abby very jarring but i do think that it is worth playing uh some people would perk the ears to what i just said and be like excuse me worth playing <laughs> I, I i'm gonna revisit that game and replay it i'm probably gonna be just as annoyed but now i know what to expect i'll be more patient and take my time with the game and revisit it and see if I still feel the same way as I've done. It's easy to pass judgment the first time, but I th I do think it's important to drop it if it's controversial. And then when you feel like it's cooled down, go back, revisit, see if it still holds up to your criticisms or to your standards or to, to entertainment. And the more I think about the Last of Us series, it, it reminds me of it reminds me of my experience of losing loved ones, you know, and it's. And sometimes people get upset when they see these things, but when you've truly, really lost someone that you truly, yeah, you're very close with—a family member, friend, or what have you—you know, when you see these themes, you should at least, I, at least, this is how I feel. I just feel grateful to be alive, you know, to be able to play these games and have these conversations, to, and to do a podcast that talks about the outrage about a video game. I mean, I'm incredibly grateful. I don't live in a zombie apocalypse, you know. <laughs> I'm grateful. I don't live in that kind of world i'm grateful i don't live you know i'm that i live in canada i live in montreal that I, it's you know it's safe it's relatively safe yeah there's been shootings around montreal this summer but you know it's safe it's nice you know i'm nothing to complain about but all this to say is empathy is hard forgiveness is hard self-forgiveness can be sometimes you know can be very difficult i've struggled with that for a long time and the, when i see these video games and it show, sort of shows you the most extreme possible route of these emotions or where these emotions could take you i was like i want none of that you know as someone who's who's dealing with depression when i see stuff like this um you know i see it objectively i'm like i don't want my world to look like that i don't want to be in gray and sad and angry and you know i i don't want to be caught in that sometimes i need these games to remind me these are what these emotions could lead you down it is an extreme example of course but sometimes you need to see the extreme to get back into the medium, into that gray zone where everything's a little more comfortable, a little more easier to manage. But at the same time, don't be afraid to push yourself. That's my message of the day. Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs>
but yes thank you for listening this was my conversation on the last of us last of us one and last of us two highly controversial games highly entertaining games i love both of them i strongly recommend that everyone plays these both of these games so once again thanks for listening please uh, don't forget to share and subscribe this podcast uh, to your friends to anyone onto your story on instagram or where have you uh, don't forget to follow me on instagram at jason underscore jisoo g-i-s-o-o and also don't forget to follow me or subscribe to this podcast on anchor spotify google Podcasts, uh, overcast and other streaming podcast apps so once again thanks for listening to uh, jay kim's topic from montreal i'm jay kim thank you